learned how to cut videos audios how to operate some things in the production room my first week wasn't as easy because i was the first time there and adapting to the environment was not easy for me i've tried my best and i think i'm more comfortable now than before mm, jennifer jennifer thinks she's now very much more comfortable so you have the the stories of interns and national service personnel in the joint newsroom trying to cut their teeth in journalism, trying to learn their way around. But that is how we end Sunday edition today on Joy 99.7 FM. My name is Kwiku Asante. Up next is um, Springboard with Reverend Albert Okran. But like I told you, the National Science and Math Quiz, this is the home of the National Science and Math Quiz. And we have an interesting contest on TV as well happening at the moment. But you can now take some time and listen to Springboard Right here on Joy FM. My name is Kweku Asante. Thank you for listening to this very interesting edition of Sunday Edition. Next week, we'll be here to give you another more promising and interesting one. Have a good evening. Hello and welcome to Springboard Virtual University. My name is Albert Okran. Welcoming you on behalf of Team Springboard led by Comfort. This is your most inspirational show and the point where the greatest minds in the world converge. Springboard is brought to you by the Springboard Roshu Foundation and proudly sponsored by MTN Pulse Just B, the Enterprise Group Enterprise Your Advantage, UMB Bank, celebrating 50 years in banking and Central University Ghana's premier private christian university our media partners the multimedia group and the graphic business today we move on to a subject that is very important to all of us watching and listening the culture of reading and writing i stumbled on some mind-blowing information i'd like to share before i introduce my guests and it says that children who read 20 minutes a day are exposed to almost 2 million words a year. Number two, reading can reduce mental decline in old age by up to 32%. Three, reading fiction can make you a better decision maker. And the fourth one, reading increases your emotional intelligence and consequently your career outlook. Are these true or false? Let's find out from my guests, Elliot Ajari, CEO of Smart Line Publications. Elliot, good to see you. Good to see you. Too. And then Joyce regional consultant for Scholastic, the largest publisher of children's books in the world. Joyce, good to see you. Great to see you. So let's start from these statistics that I stumbled upon. Which of them catches your attention the most? Mm. First one says children who read 20 minutes a day are exposed to almost 2 million words in a year, how important is this conversation in the light of these statistics? It's a very uh, important conversation because um, reading has so many benefits. It's the one thing that ensures lifelong learning. Mm. And, uh, you know, as people who are in the publishing fraternity, we've always been very concerned about 
uh, not just the reading levels of students, but the fact that Ghanaians generally are not known to be great readers. Elliot, would you say that that, that notion that Ghanaians don't read, will you say it still, it still holds? You are in the publishing field and you do quite some work with releasing publication after publication. Have we made progress in our reading journey as Ghanaians? Mm. I think it, it, it correlates very, very closely with uh, the kind of figures that we get out of uh, marketing of books in the country because you don't see the kind of uh, rapid uh, sales in books, especially fiction or, or books that are not meant for the classroom, the way that it is seen in other jurisdictions because, I mean, uh, you go to a typical bookshop in some of our developed countries and you realize that parents, children, everybody's there wanting to read. And also the figures that come out of the International Publishers Association uh, uh, data year upon year, uh, we just realized that uh, not much is coming out of uh, our part of the world, which shows that we, we, we are not takers or we are not ones that are patronizing books in large quantities. And, and most publishers in the country will also tell you that, I mean, to get sales of uh, about 2,000 copies of a book sold a year means that you really, really made some, some good figures. Whilst our, our partners out of the country are printing books in excess of 50, 100,000 and sometimes having bestsellers, we are not known to have that. And it's, it's I mean, it's there. How many books, bookshops have you gone to and you see streams of people buying fiction or, or even for our homes and things like that? So yes, that's true. We are not a, a reading public. Or even if we did have a culture of reading, that is fading very, very fast and it's, it's quite alarming. Let me, let, me, let me explore this further. Joyce, when we were growing up, mm -hmm. I mean, it was almost a subculture yeah. in every school for you to have every latest Hardy Boys, mm -hmm. it depends on your, your, your gender, but Hardy Boys, yes. Nancy <laughs> Drew, Robert Ludlum, Sidney Sheldon, then you probably would look at maybe James Hadley Cheese yeah. or some, some Amate Du, Anansi Stories. And the, the, the other part that was interesting is that you would buy and then your colleague also buy this. Then you exchange. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You exchange so much that very. I mean, with time, you even wouldn't know who actually bought the book because it was almost owned by the class. Have we lost that that subculture? And, and how important was that in our developmental journey? Well, we, we've we've lost it to a large extent. I mean, I remember reading James Hadley Chase and having to cover the book because the you know the back was always a, a woman. I mean. Scantily clad uh, it, it, woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not totally scantily clad, but I was in a Catholic school and it was a no-no yeah. to be seen with it, so you had to kind of cover it. But it, it was decent literature. There wasn't anything in there that was untoward. We've lost it somewhat around these parts simply because the children are not even aware of the bestsellers. You see, the, the titles that you have mentioned have got things that were happening at a certain time. Now, um, you know, the world has changed a whole lot. They want books that have got the latest gadgets in it and are talking about, you know, uh, current trends. But those things don't sit in those books. And those, the children have not gone to read some of the international bestsellers. So obviously, uh, that information in there does not relate to 
what they know right now. So it's, it's not that interesting to read some of those books. A lot of the kids out there are reading uh, Jeremy Stilton, Tom Gates, uh, Captain Underpants. These books are only uh, known to a select few locally. Okay. And, and the others are, are just... It's not, it's not cool to read in Ghana. We have to make it cool. I'm, 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 I'm going to come to you earlier, but what, what I'm trying to find out yes. is... Okay, so are there versions... In mentioning the titles I mentioned, or the authors I mentioned, yeah. those were the ones that were trending in, 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 our time. in our time. Yes. So I'm asking, are there such titles that are heavily patronized that speak to the, the interests of young people in these times. That, I mean, it was almost like the latest. Yeah, uh, if I know it what was, you're If it was the latest by this person, you didn't you even as a title. Once you were somebody who always read a you followed King the, or something, the once the latest has come out, you yeah, must have it. Yes. Do we still have mm-hmm. that, that trend with reading these days? It's not, reading is not cool. Uh, we've lost a lot of that. And I think access to books too has been, uh, you know, uh, part of the, of the problem. So there are a few students or children who continue to follow the trends and, you know, read some of the latest books. But by and large, I mean, I'm working with an international publisher. If you look at the figures, the ones in my region are some of the lowest for trade books, that is story books. But what's, for what is required for exams... Yes, we're, we're good on that front. So I want to come to your final whether it's a, it's a case of investing only in, in, in what is needed for our formal education. Because really, I mean, Lady Bird series, um, King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. Right. We bought those books not because they were, they, were, they were meant for any exam. It was a culture. It was a lifestyle. Elliot, help me understand those non-academic books that we read voluminously, I remember reading the Iliad, the Odyssey, the Achilles yes. story that mm. King Agamemnon, those were big books, but we would read them because you wanted to be, you wanted to follow the story 600 pages from beginning to end. Okay. Did they contribute to our educational development? Yes, they do. But even before we get that, I mean, we need to understand that reading is a learned habit. Okay. The assumption that maybe we will just pass our, our children through formal education and they'll pick up that habit of, of, of reading. It's a fallacy. Mm. I mean, uh, the fact that we're reading meant that our parents had started off us off reading very early. And even if our, our parents were not involved in it, there was a certain culture of reading in schools. I remember uh, schools that I attended. Even in rural Ebri, uh, where we had classroom libraries behind the, the classroom. There was a, a shelf behind the classroom where they had a collection of books, and we will naturally gravitate towards them just to pick up books to read. My, my, my father was very, very interested in buying his books. Anytime that he came from Accra, we expected that he would buy us some books. So yes, I mean, two things. We haven't had the culture of reading being inculcated in us very early, even in elite homes, unfortunately. And secondly, the availability of books also has become a problem. I said we had uh, 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 books, uh, bookshelves uh, at the back of the classroom. There were also, the libraries were also functioning. They, they were functioning libraries. I mean, 
uh, at one point we ended up in Secondi, and Secondi Library was bustling with activity. I, I know that mm. one. Yes, you, you know, just up the hill. Yeah. Yes, it was bustling with activity. Young people going there. We made friends there. We exchanged books. Uh, uh, so yes, it was there. But then, secondly, I mean, I think that I'll pick up from something that Joyce also said about the availability of books and also books that were hip. Listen, we did not discriminate between African writer series and international books. Books that were interesting, we would read. So I will remember that we read. African writer series. I mean, the concubine. I mean, the, the Great Lakes. The, the, we read all of them. Elechi, Amadi, and all those ones. Different Kwezi. We read all of them. We read that. But whilst we're reading mm-hmm. that, we're also reading uh, uh, James Hadley Chase. We're reading Dennis Whitley. We're reading Har- Harold Robbins. We're reading Robert Ludlum. Milton Moon, remember? So it's a combination of so many factors coming together that created that buzz for reading. But a lot of them have filtered out, even as we grew. Is there a demand problem or a supply problem? It's, I, I, think, I think it's both. I, I think that over time we've lost the habit of, you know, uh, families reading together, uh, schools making a whole lot of good noise about reading, celebrating books. I, I can't remember. remember when we last celebrated as a country World Book Day. You know, uh, do we have days where we recognize uh, famous Ghanaian writers? You have to be intentional about ensuring that children and even adults have, uh, you know, developed read, reading as a scale. You see, what has happened is that over time, as soon as the children begin to read, we think, oh, we're there, so uh, this is it. But that's not the way it happens. Reading, like Elliot is saying, is a skill. I guess we mm. should go back to the basics. Why would, for instance, if I'm watching um, a news channel and I see a newscaster, and that newscaster is the best that you will find, if I'm listening to presentations at the United Nations or the AU summit and various presidents are speaking and I listen to some and I say some are good, some are bad. And then I, or I go to a conference and I listen to three speakers and I say this one did very well, this one was terrible. What does reading have to do with these three different scenarios that I present? I guess the ones we can anchor the benefits such that the person listening can understand that, ah, okay, so if I miss this boat, these are the potential implications for my career, then we, can, we are getting home about relevance. Mm. So somebody's saying, well, if the reading culture is going down, really, what is the big deal for me? Uh, Elliot, help us understand what are the implications of the weak culture of reading that you described for the professional development of the child who does not read, or the I, I think person who does not read. It, I think the, the, the implications go even wider than that. Help us to understand. The, 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 the implications of the lack of reading go much, much wider than that. I just chanced across the, 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 the map of the world, which uh, looks at the basic literacy around the world. And lit- I mean, literacy has to do with the ability to function very well in a very literate environment. So they are looking at basic things like reading and comprehension. 
And lo and behold, the places where the, the literacy levels are very high were the places where there was more development. The places where there was poverty were places where the literacy levels were low. Mm. So it has a more even overarching implication that goes even beyond the individual. But I'll come to the individual. I like what you just said. Mm-hmm. So are you trying to establish a point that countries that seem to be more red, where literacy levels are higher, seem to be more prosperous and more developed than countries that on that map Exactly. Exactly. And let me also mm-hmm. tell you this. 2015, uh, uh, the 2015 uh, uh, World Perspective on Literacy, I mean, looked at 160 countries, their literacy levels of 160 countries, and rated the literacy levels. Listen, of the first group of 65 countries, there was no African country. That's 2015, not too long ago. 2015's World Literacy Report. Yes, report. It was the CIA report. The first 65 countries. countries. There was not one African country. That means that we are low on that chart. Yes. We are not reading enough. The next, from 65 to 100, there was only six African countries. Please, was Ghana in it? No. (laughs) And there was only six countries among the, the, from 65 to 100. South Africa, Mauritius, Mm -hmm. Botswana, Kivet, and surprisingly, Zimbabwe and Equatorial Guinea. Of the bottom 60 countries, 42 of them were African countries, including Odia Ghana. What does it say? It tells us something very distinct. It tells us straight away that we are not very, very serious about illiteracy. It tells us. And, that the, and, and the interesting thing is that the nations that have made great strides were among the top. And the countries that were struggling were among the bottom. So the correlation there, I mean, it, it must not be accidental, taken accidentally. Because some of these countries are also, who have done very, very well, are not natural resource-based countries. Mm. And we, those who have the natural resources, are among the bottom, and we are not doing well. So the correlation there is very, very clear. This is Springboard, your virtual university, and I just received some very, very scary news from Elliot Ajari and Joyce Ajari trying to help us understand the importance of a culture of reading and writing. And in the last submission that he made, Elliot is suggesting that the 2015 World Literacy Report had in the top bracket no African country. In the middle bracket, only six African countries in terms of their performance in, in the literacy. area of literacy. Yeah. In the lowest bracket, the country is doing very poorly. Out of 42 out of... 42 out of the bottom we're 60 African. were African. That means that we are not reading <laughs> enough and we are not doing enough in the area of literacy. And the sad part is the fact that the, that map also shows that the countries with the higher literacy rates were doing better economically and developmentally than those with the lower literacy rates. What should parents do? What should individuals do? What should professionals do? What should governments do? What should you do as a viewer and as a listener? This is a conversation that you can't afford to miss. Call somebody to call somebody to say, this is serious, let's get involved. Joyce, in all this, I always start from the point of action. 
Mm-hmm. If somebody is listening and saying, ah, how come nobody told me this? This is quite serious. <laughs> what should, the, and I will we'll break it down further, but what should, the, what do you expect a parent to do? What do you expect a student to do? What do you expect a business to do? What do you expect government to do? Let's talk about it. Well, I mean, every uh, section of society has a responsibility to ensure that reading is, you know, the the buzzword. I think that at the highest level, we need a conversation about reading and a national reading campaign of sorts. We have to get to a place where we uh, have put up some goals about how we're going to improve uh, the reading habit of Ghanaians. Uh, what Elliot is talking about relates to the critical and analytical thinking skills of people, uh, how people make decisions, how they, uh, they pick up vocabulary, how they're going to be able to communicate effectively, whether they're a child in school or whether they're a professional. All these things are associated with you know, the level of reading that an individual may have done. And if you go for a job interview, for instance, and you cannot communicate, how do you expect to get a job? And we have many professionals in this country, but we're, we're still not doing well. So what is it? So if there's a map that's telling us that uh, the countries that are poor are the ones that are not reading at all, then definitely a cause for a national conversation. Now, uh, aside that, I think that um, parents can also do a lot for their own children. If you have enough money to buy uh, Nikes and you know designer wear for your kids, and you're clothing them all right and giving them food to eat. Books are, you know, food for, for the brain, right? So you've got to feed your children the, 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 the right things so that they, they have the right skills. And one of them definitely is reading. I mean, case in point, there are some other things that I do as an education professional with uh, helping students to apply to universities abroad. And, you know, sometimes they have to write exams like the SAT and Mutabi. Some of the students that I've worked with who have done well in these tests and have gotten huge scholarships are great readers. They're brilliant, just excellent. They have to write essays and what have you. And some way, somehow, and this is the good thing about reading. Once you're reading, you've got the vocabulary. You've, you've got delivery, good delivery. And it's very, very easy for these students to do well in these international tests. So for parents, what I'm saying is, if you are raising a global citizen, you're going to have to make sure that whatever competences those children outside the country have, your child has to. Because one of these days, they're not going to be sitting around here. They'll be out there, you know, uh, on a platform trying to relate to people who have read most of their lives. So have, a, have, a, have your budget for, you know, uh, books. Ensure that the school that your child goes to has a decent library. It's not about the paint and the walls and how beautiful the place is decorated. How are those schools decorating your child's brain? You know what, that's, I can imagine that's a parent to go to the school, the school on, on Monday and go and visit, visit the library and see if the school doesn't have a good library. I'm withdrawing my child. And, and you're, saying that, yeah. you're saying that your, your recommended actions for status is that yeah. on the national front, there must be a national conversation about reading. Yeah. Yeah. They're saying that on the on the family front, parents must invest in books which are which are food for the brain. And yes. they're saying that from observation, individual students who do well in um, admission requirements that require writing essays like SAT and so on are typically those who are readers. Oh yes. And you're seeing that on it's, the prof- it's a clear fact. I've done this for almost twenty years and it's as clear as crystal. And on the professional front, you're seeing that listen, 
you will require analytical skills, you will require vocabulary, even if you go for an interview. So on that front as well, the individual needs to do something about their reading. And problem-solving skills. You right. see, what we have in this country is, and, and it's clear, Albert, we cannot solve our problems. Why? And some of the problems need very simple solutions. But we can't problem solve because the analytical and critical thinking skills that are required to relate to some of these problems and bring out the deliverables are just not there. And these people, and this is all of us, we've gone to university, we have the degrees. Why are we not able to solve our problems? Think about it. And you think it's, it's uncoding? Some of that. Weak reading. Some of that. I mean, one of the other things about reading is it, it makes you empathic. This is not a very empathic society. Look at the way people drive or how they behave in the public space. It's, it's, you know, when you're reading a book and you're relating to the characters in the book, there's something that wraps onto you. You feel a little bit more for the person next to you and it creates a certain level of awareness for you as the individual. We, we, we just don't have that as a society. We're not socialized like that. And I dare say that things are getting worse and worse. So reading, it goes beyond passing exams and speaking okay. It's about your person your mindset, the way you think, lifelong learning, how you're going to continue to learn when you've left school, right? So you read all the textbooks, and then after that, guess what the largest uh, classroom in the world is? It's the world, isn't it? Right. Because we all did finish school, and we're all in the world. It's the world that's teaching us, you know, uh, what's good for us or not, or what works and what doesn't work. You're going to be needing those critical thinking skills to survive, become a lifelong learner, and to achieve your potential. That's what I would say. This is Springboard, your virtual university. In case you made a big announcement after school that you have finished school, Joyce is saying that you just began because the real school is the world at large, and she's trying to establish the fact that at every stage in your journey and in your life, you will need to continue learning. Reading is that base that helps you to go learning all your life. I love the part about being empathetic and being aware. She's suggesting that... If people read more, there will be probably less road rage and road accidents because people will drive with more empathy and more understanding and awareness. Yes, I find this angle very, very interesting. I must tell you that. Well, I mean, read about it. It's all there. Right. Empathy. When I come back from this break, we'll find out what has technology contributed to this mm. change in the way we relate to literature. What contribution has it made? And then we'd also, we'd also find out about writing. Those who want to become authors, find out from Elliot, how can your reading background equip you as an author or as a writer, even for, for business uh, writing? Please stay with us and call a friend as we talk about the culture of reading and writing. Please don't go away. Hello. Valued customer. Hmm. ASMO. The entire customer service team is out for lunch. Please call back in four hours. What? Me nana be di akona mama me bad service ano. Me kokra. Ah nana. With bus from Enterprise D, you will love the customer service experience. Keke. I am available for you 24/7 on the Enterprise Advantage app, the Enterprise website, and on WhatsApp number 055-400-1924. Hello. Babs. Chat with Babs from Enterprise, your contact for insurance, pensions, funeral, and property solutions from the Enterprise Group. Dream big with us. Enterprise, your advantage. <laughs> when you can be anything, who will you become? 
When you can go anywhere and never feel alone, how far will you go? When you have the means to make your dreams real, when will you start? When your voice can reach every ear, who will you inspire? When your money can travel faster and further than you ever could, where will you send it? When you can tell a story in every language, which ones will you tell? When nothing can stop you, and everyone's behind you, and, and the, the whole, whole world, world awaits, awaits you. Don't go alone. Go with us. Everywhere, Everywhere you, you go. Aquaba, UMB is proud to offer you the best business solutions possible. We have been excelling in serving Ghana since 1972, and our sole interest is to make your business succeed. We are committed to making you to become number one in any sphere of business or enterprise you are pursuing. With our experience in growing some of the biggest SMEs in Ghana, we can support you become the business leader in Okaishi, Suami, Abu Sokai, or any of the SME enclaves in Ghana with our SME solutions. Our latest SME loans allows you to take a loan backed by the value of your cash flow and inventory so you can increase your trade efficiently. Speak to our business bankers or visit any of our branches now. UMB Bank you first. Welcome back to Springboard, your virtual university, and today's conversation about the culture of reading and writing. My guests, Elliot Ajari and Joyce Ajari, painting a very interesting picture about the correlation between reading and development or prosperity. This show is brought to you by the Springboard Ratio Foundation and proudly sponsored by MTN Pulse, the enterprise group UMB Bank Central University with media sponsorship from the multimedia group and the graphic business. So let's let's push on from where we got to Elliot. Your your stats were quite morbid. <laughs> and Joyce, your, your point about your point about empathy was quite interesting. I hadn't thought about the fact that people's emotional intelligence and their their empathy is anchored in their reading. It hadn't come up before for me, and that was quite revealing. What, where do we start? What, what should we read? If somebody's listening and saying, okay, okay, if it's, if it's that serious, because if, when you mention that scholarship, you, you won't get some if you're a child. That's not... No, no. I, 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 I have some, some parents say, eh, from now on, you read the book, you read it. Where, where, what should we read and where do we start? Okay, let me, let me say that uh, there, there are some interesting uh, things we have to understand about reading. And I, I think I've said it, I'll say it again, that reading is a learned habit. And once you learn it and it becomes an enjoyable habit, you cannot but read. And just uh, somebody has also said something that reading is to the mind what exercise is to the body. And even exercise is painful. I mean, but we have a compulsion to exercise because we know it has a lot of benefits for us. So, one, we have to, we have to understand that reading is critical. Each one of us will have to understand. What and must we read? What, and what must we read? And I was coming to that point. There's a buzzword called high interest. If you really want to read, you have to read things that you have high interest in. And that will encourage you to read even more. 
So for, for those uh, parents who say my children are not interested in reading, perhaps you are not giving them what they really want to read. So it's very how, important. How do, you, how do you know what you want to read? Yes, so you ask. I mean, as Scholastic, for instance, and I'll, 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 I'll relate it to Scholastic. Scholastic has a, a certain program where uh, before you start reading, it asks you your areas of interest. There are some children who love, uh, like my grandchild, he loves everything to do with, with mechanics, uh, caterpillar, and things like that. The more, it, he, he goes crazy when he sees, uh, like, uh, just, just remind me, uh, uh, the bulldozers, the bulldozers and, and things like that. Is that possibly a sign that he, he, he has engineering interests? You never know. Right. Well, but, but it's also exposure because... It is, it is mm, so, so critical that you exposure. find out because people gravitate towards things that they have interest in. Mm -hmm. So, first of all, find out what are they interested in. They have to be interested in something. And then secondly, we must also remember that as we are all here, it's not, we are not wearing the same kind of shoes. Everybody is reading, wearing a shoe that fits their size. One of the most demotivating things is for you to wear a shoe that does not fit your size. I mean, can you just imagine, I wear size 9. Can you imagine if I was sitting here, or I was walking, and I was wearing size 7? So for a parent, you also have to find out a little bit more about the comfort area for your child when they are reading. And when we're talking about high interest, we're talking about high interest and also uh, uh, proficiency levels. You also have to find out how well your child reads. It may be that the books that you're exposing to, to the child are not the level at which he can read easily. He gets demotivated. Or you're giving the child books that are too easy for him to read. Mm. So he gets demotivated. So high interest... Uh, 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 comfort uh, uh, level. Comfort level. Put a lot of books here and get children to play around it. They will begin to gravitate towards reading. So the exposure to books is also very important. What should you, should you read? I, I am a firm believer that you must read vicariously. Anything that you get, you can read. But high interest, availability, comfort level, I think that those are the very important things. And... You, you, you don't have to limit yourself to the fact that, okay, I mean, we talked about fiction, but there are people who don't like fiction. You can read creative nonfiction. There are people who gravitate towards... Uh, uh, graphic novels. Graphic novels. There are others who like motivational books. Reading is reading. I think sometimes we want to pigeon, but reading is reading. Expose yourself to more words. Expose yourself to the creative use of words. And something magical happens. Joyce, let me come to you and to speak to the subject of the typical concern that especially... And, and I'm focusing a, a lot more on children, young people. The typical person is pursuing some degree and their coursework is, is lashing them. They have mm -hmm. assignments they haven't finished. Yeah. The typical professional is always racing against time to finish their corporate pile of things that they, they, they feel that they have to, to read. Mm -hmm. What would you say to that person who says, Charlie, we haven't finished our assignments and our coursework, or the child hasn't finished learning for the exam, you're saying they should read discretionary reading. What would you say to that? In other words, they don't have time. 
they, they have time for what, <laughs> what they know they'll be using to write exams. Exactly. How do they read fiction? And I mean, if you're a parent and kid, you're <laughs> going to meet your child reading um, a fiction book and you are thinking that the child has an exam in a month's time, uh, speak to that. Yeah, I mean, it's a difficult topic, but the most important thing is a mindset shift. Right. The reason why I'm starting from there is simply because you, you need to get to a place where your child is not being schooled, but they are being educated. Now, education yeah. is embedded in excellent reading skills. As a parent, as parents, we, we didn't care too much about extra classes and what have you. When our kids were growing up, they only went because it was mandatory. If it wasn't, they didn't go. They just, we, we kept them and they read. There are other things that should ginger children's creativity other than just passing exams. And uh, they will do fine, honestly. In fact, better. They will do better because they can pass all the exams and still not do okay. I know that no parent wants their child to be at the bottom of the class. But believe you me, if reading is prioritized, they will never be at the bottom of the class. They won't. And it's true. They, they have to prepare for the exams and what have you. What I will say is that it's important for reading to be prioritized. When you look at time management skills, right, what it is is if you say you don't have time for something, what you're actually saying is that it's not a priority. Right. Because you will always find time for what you think is crucial for you to do, which is why I'm talking about a mind, uh, you know, set uh, uh, shift. Let me explore even more importantly writing, which is which is key. Many people want to be authors; they want, they are required to write as professionals. Is there a correlation between reading and writing? Okay, but even before this thing, when you started this conversation, mm. you did mention that if a child reads twenty minutes a day, they will uh, be able to accumulate about a million words. Two million, actually. Two million within. That's two million. Yes. So mm. we're looking at just twenty minutes. Right. 20 minutes a day. I want to learn just 1 million words a, a year. 1 million words. In fact, I, I, I've read some reports which says that um, an average person has a certain number of words that they use. And they are nowhere near 1 million. So what we are trying to, <laughs> what we, what, what I'm trying to establish is that you don't need one million or two million words. So you probably don't even need twenty minutes a day. What if you read uh, ten minutes a day? So it's it's a very very mute uh, excuse when we start giving, uh, uh, we start saying that we don't have time to read. If it is reading is that important. We will have time. But we dare say that reading is much more important. Being very a competent reader is much more important than just passing exams. Mm -hmm. And it's because we haven't been told that or we haven't found that out. You must find out from, I mean, some of the, in the notes that you give us, I think I saw something about those who are at the forefront of huge companies are tell us that they spent a lot of time reading. Bill Gates has made that point. Yes, that, that point Warren Buffett, yes. Bill Gates. All those people. Yes. But let, let, me, let me go on to writing. Let me go on to writing okay. because uh, uh, many, people, yeah. many people are required to write and many people aspire to become authors. Would you, from your experience as a publisher, 
build a correlation between a person's reading habits and their ability to write? Obviously, because I mean, I mean, creativity builds on other people's works. We learn how to be creative. Well, there are, there are some people who are born with certain giftings, but even then, it's a latent gift. But really, how are you going to be a good author if you are not widely read? How are you going to master your genre of writing if you don't actually learn what it is? Because they are building blocks for, for writing. Do you have authors coming to you that the moment you read their manuscript, you say, I'm a reader? All the time. Help, All me to understand, time. help me to understand that part. Yeah, because you just realize that, I mean, let's look at the genre of fiction. Fiction is built on certain key principles. You have to be able to have a, a, a storyline. And not only that, you have to be able to build character. You have to be able to have dialogue. You have to be able to make sure that there's a, 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 a complication in the story. How are you going to develop all this if you don't have command over a certain, the language? How are you going to tell the story? Go over those components again. I, I love them. Character, dialogue. Yes. You, you have character, mm -hmm. dialogue. You have, uh, 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 you have to have a theme within, within the story that you want to, you want to, you want to build up. And without these, without these, without a good reading culture, see that these components you, you, you can't be, be present. No, you cannot. You may have an idea of a plot, but how do you weave the plot so that it is interesting? Because reading, okay, reading itself is entertainment. You have to mm -hmm. learn to entertain the person, to engage somebody. You have to entertain them. So if your story, you have very, very, I mean, your diction is. Uh, so small. He is there. He is good. He is good. Yes. <laughs> you won't have enough. You won't have enough words to be able to entertain the person and to hold the person's attention for fifty-five or five hundred pages. How do you do that? Let's so, talk about. Yeah. Let's talk about technology. Mm. Uh, Joyce, would you, 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 you? So you, you, you work with the biggest publisher and distributor of children's books across the world. Let's find out, are people responding to the digitization of books from where you sit? They are, but they are still reading print also. Sure, the dynamic. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. You know, when e-books started to come out, a lot of people gravitated towards that. But then after a while, they got tired of it. They wanted to feel a book, turn the pages. And so the numbers kind of evened out. And interestingly enough, uh, during the pandemic, Reading both print and e-books went up across, you know, uh, other parts of the world. It was only in these parts, our parts, that it went down. Why? Because people were in their closets reading a whole lot. And because we don't read, and now the shops were closed, and it was difficult to get books, you know, across different places of the world, we, we just stopped reading, which was really telling. Because the, the, the figures showed that more and more people tried to get books some way, somehow, or they read online. But we didn't. Then the figures went down. But digital... You're talking about... Yeah. In these parts. Both print and digital. In these parts, you know, the numbers went down. No. So, so far as digital is concerned, right now, it's pretty even, if I should put it that way. 
Um, I know here sometimes people complain about the kids being on the tablets for too long, but just like we've been talking about, you have to prioritize some things and you know do a little bit of supervision so that they can they can read at certain times. But the most important thing is we must not throw away the baby and the bathwater. We we can't afford it. You cannot afford to have a child who's not a, a good reader. And so far as digital uh, uh, is concerned, it supports reading in a number of ways. Elliot was talking about how you can find a child's uh, comfort level when they are reading. You see, out there, what happens is as soon as children begin to read, they do a reading assessment to figure out what their reading competences are. Mm. Elliot, let me come to you. You, you, You're trying to get my attention. Yes, I I was was picking up on this uh, whole idea about uh, reading books and also digital. Right. As, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, it's it's it's, it's a matter of of, of preference. Okay. There, I, I know some people who have caught on reading digital, digitally, and they can't get away from reading, especially the interactive aspect of the, this, and also uh, the new phenomena in in audio books. So it's, it's really... Let me ask you about audiobooks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Would you... Elliot, this is, I'm so happy you brought this yeah. up. Do you think that for people who genuinely say, listen, I love reading, but I'm a lazy reader, or I yeah. want to take advantage of my drive time to work mm-hmm. and back, does listening to an audiobook grant you the same benefits that you would get from the reading experience and flipping the books? Okay. I'm not an expert on that, I I must admit. But what I will say is that, you see, there are different kinds of learners. And we all learn differently. There are some who are auditory learners. There are some who are visual learners. So you find that people gravitate to things that uh, they have interest in. And just as I was saying, I mean, I have, uh, 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 I got almost addicted to reading from my tablet. And I bought a lot of books. I have a huge library of of books that I read on here. But I still sometimes feel like going back to my book, paper book, to fill paper. So I'll say that I, I I mean, I, I toggle between reading my physical books, and also sometimes... And if it's only available here, I go there. But if I can get a paper book, I'll also... But I haven't caught on to audiobooks, but I do know some people who can't tear themselves away from audiobooks and are raving about the benefits of audiobooks. What I would suggest is that, you see, every form of reading and learning is critical. Mm. So... All of us should be able to know what our learning styles are. So whether it's print, it's digital, yes. or audio books, as long as they pull our seat. Please, they please. Yes. Oh, yes. Please. All right. It's, it's, it's something. It's, as you so I don't have a preference, I, I really. You're saying as long as you are learning, you are learning. Uh, that's what I would say. Let's close up with, let's close this program with action, action planning. And let me start with you, Joyce. If somebody is listening out there and saying, hmm, you know, that's when you breach a subject that is really, <laughs> really touching people in the place of their need, there are two ways to react. People will say, well, I, I, I didn't know I've made my mistakes already. Or somebody will say, if I heard this 10 years ago. But somebody is also saying, hmm, so what do I do now? 
what would you say to the person listening who says, okay, if reading is so beneficial, I, I can do something, it's not too late. What, what should they it do? It is not too late. What should they you do? Can, you can actually get tested even as an adult uh, to know your reading level. It's, it's a great place to start because you want to make sure that you're reading the material that fits your level of comprehension. If somebody's listening and they, they, they say, okay, t- do you say test? I know where to go if I want to do a COVID test. I know where to go if I want to do <laughs> Where do I go to do a reading, reading test? Reading assessment, you can contact SmartLine, you can contact the Ghana Library Authority. Uh, they actually have a platform where you can register and, and get your reading tested. Okay. So, so there's a, it's a 40-minute test. In fact, if you read a lot quicker, uh, it's shorter than that. It's computer adaptive and it's instant. As soon as you are done with the test, you know, the computer tells you what your reading level is. Uh, so are, are some of these tests available online as well? It, it's an online test, but okay. to register for it and to get all the information... Uh, SmartLine is a good place to go, and also the Ghana Library Authority. Okay. And so, it's across, you know, they're able to do this for you across the country. They've done really well with that, we're working with us to to make this available. Because it's out there, and we also deserve good things, right? Right. Yes. So you're seeing that every parent listening, every child listening, anybody, anyone listening, I think it's useful. the reading journey to yes. start by assessing their level. And yes. that assessment will help them to determine what kind of material... Exactly. The level. The level they can the handle. The level they that can handle. Level yes, the level you can handle. And their interests as well. Yeah. That aside, my recommendation is just set a goal. Okay. Set a goal and prioritize reading. Not until you make that decision. It will become this other thing that you think you might want to do, but will never get around doing. Because you're feeding your brain. So... Make just like you have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Make sure you've reserved a little bit of time and start small. Ten minutes of focused reading. Anything that you're interested in. It could be a magazine article. It could be a blog. It, it could be any online reading. It could be a physical book. Just start with that. But keep at it. Because it, it, It's a skill. So you've got to keep practicing it. So you have to do it over and over again. And believe you me, after a few weeks, you'll be amazed at how you will continue to gravitate towards, you know, uh, something to read. Beautiful. And so what you're saying is that do that reading assessment, 40 minutes, and it will give you your comfort level, your interests, and then you can start from there. And you're saying also that set a goal and prioritize your reading because it feeds your brain. And with 10 minutes a day of focus reading, your life will change. You will soon find that you are reading for longer. One thing I can tell is yeah. that if you are working with the figure that we started with, it means that if you moved on to 20 minutes a day, by the end of the year, you are garnering or interfacing with 2 million words. It sounds so, so exciting. And you will find that you speak better, your delivery is awesome. Because you know, the words will go and sit somewhere in your brain. There, you know, there are some connections that happen within your brain when you read. And they kind of die or they go to sleep if you're not reading. And it is what it is. You might think that you're, you're okay, but you can get even better when you start to read. Elliot, what will be your closing thoughts to anyone sitting now there who says, hmm, what do I do starting from now? I think that there's a certain realization. I mean, you need a, a Damascus road experience. I love this. <laughs> you need that. You, need you, must, you, must, you must be born again. You must be born again and become a reader. Okay. From, I mean, and wherever you are, you must understand how crucial reading is. You see, 
I mean, one the democratization of knowledge that we have now is that you have everything that you need to develop as an individual at your fingertips. Because say that again. I said everything that you need to develop as a human being, you have it at your fingertips. That ubiquitous uh, 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 tool that we have in our hands is such a powerful tool for self-advancement. Mm. I think that we have not yeah. leveraged uh, uh, its potential for self-advancement. Because, I mean, in some time past, these mobile devices we had was, was not available. We didn't have all the knowledge of the world at our disposal. There's no topic that you cannot find something about on there. So if you truly want to read, I will say that one of the first areas that you have is to look at that which you have in your hand. We have more mobile phones than human beings. <laughs> that, that can be a great beginning. Yes. Right. Yeah. So the great beginning is that within your palm is a device that can just even reading the newspapers that you get freely on your mobile phone a day for 20 minutes, determining that you want to do that. So on the personal level, I'll say that is that determination for self-improvement. Realize that reading equals self-improvement. This has been a beautiful discussion about the culture of reading and writing. My guests, Elliot and Joyce Ajari, reminding us of the ancient landmarks that we have abandoned that we must go back to. My learnings from this conversation are captured in our slides. The first is the purpose and Joyce says reading ensures lifelong learning. The second is about patronage. Elliot is saying that typically for a fiction to do 2000, they've done well in, in our part of the world, but not other, other jurisdictions, they do 50,000, 100,000, and it is literally normal. The third is about reading habits. And the fact that Joyce sees that the culture of reading and exchanging books that used to be prevalent a while ago seems to have been lost, and we must bring it back and make reading cool. The fourth was Elliot's point about reading being a learned skill that must be inculcated. The fifth is the point about deliberateness. Joyce sees that parents must invest in creating a reading culture in your families. Buy the books and create a library in your home. The sixth was, was Eliot's graphic representation of the world literacy map and the world poverty map. And they say, if you know, you know. The countries that were reading well were more prosperous than the countries that were not reading well. And Africa was very poorly represented on those maps. The seventh was Joyce's recommendation that one, there must be a national conversation about reading. Two, parents must invest in books which are food for the brain. She says individual children that involved in SAT and those essay-driven exams were often good readers. And even on the personal front, reading helps you with your own vocabulary, analytical skills, and problem-solving skills. And these were things that were mentioned very strongly by the World Economic Forum as mm -hmm. key deliverables for your career going forward in the right. year 2020 mm. and beyond. The eighth was Joyce's point about empathy, that when you are a reader, you are more empathetic and you relate to people better because you see things differently. The ninth point was about recommended content. You say, listen, you, at least 
read something. Start by reading something and read what you have a high interest in. Read what is available and also read at your comfort level. If not, you may take something and read it and it's so complex that you lose interest completely. The 10th was about don't get schooled, get educated. And that happens because you make reading a part of your life and you drew from the point about the vocabulary. The 11th was about writing. Without a good reading base, you can't be an author and you can't write well. The 12th was about technology. People consuming equally or concurrently both print and digital material. The 13th was about audiobooks. And Elliot, I love the point you make. You say, listen, they say whether it's Paul or Apollos, once they are saved, So you say whether you, you like auditory learning or you like visual learning, find what works for you, whether it's print, digital, or audiobooks, and then learn. The 14th is about action. Joyce, you say, do a reading assessment test to guide you in choosing your material. Set a goal and prioritize reading. And even more importantly, start from somewhere. Start small with even 10 minutes a day and you'll progress beautifully. And the final point you make, Elliot, is that that phone in your hands can be a a launching pad for your reading life because of the democratization of knowledge and you can match anyone in any part Listen, let's do this again and let's have an annual check to see whether we have improved. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Albert Okran. I've had a privilege of hosting Elliot and Joyce Ajari. I want to say a big thank you to you for coming. Let's thank do this you. again. Thank you for having us. And have this conversation about reading and about writing. And probably let's do this once a year and find out have we made some progress yeah. or are we still uh, navigating our way through the morass of, of, <laughs> of, of, of indecision? But this has been a conversation about reading and about writing. Start from somewhere, build a culture, and progress from there. So we come away again next week on behalf of Team Springboard and our sponsors, MTN Pulse, Enterprise Group, UMB Bank, Central University, and our media partners, the Multimedia Group, and the Graphic Business. I want to say a big thank you to Elliot and Joyce. And on Tuesday, find this the transcript of this conversation in writing, reading and writing in the graphic business on page 18 full page, also on my joy online and then also at springboard.com.gh Once again, my name is Albert Okran saying God bless you God bless you and God bless you <laughs>